today um, we're going to talk about something that I think all marketing teams are dealing with right now. Um, we're in the height of the coronavirus, um, so there's definitely a level of you know, uncertainty across marketing teams on how they should operate and what they should do. Um, but a big kind of common thing is now we're trying to figure out you know, how we do more of a focus on digital and double down on digital. Um, you know, teams are being forced to work from home. We can't do events. And so anything that requires face-to-face -face interaction is, you know, not something that we can explore. And so we want to talk through how marketing ops can support the whole marketing team during this time of uncertainty and this you know, bigger focus on digital and how they can support those team members too, who maybe had a different strategy or, you know, things planned to engage with their prospects or customers face-to-face -face and how they support them to um, change that strategy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty unprecedented times. And I think no one really knows where this is going right now, but um, as a marketing ops, as a marketing ops function, we can definitely help the best we can in getting our, you know, our priorities in order to help the wider team shift and be nimble and adapt to the environment that's changing very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And we've got six different things, six different focus areas that you wanted to go through. So yeah. And we've talked about this before, but the, the core areas that marketing ops focuses on are people, process, and performance. Like we, we talk about this a lot, you can see on our website. And one of the areas that I think people forget is the people side. Um, so really focusing on the team in general in marketing and um, the people actually doing the marketing and how do you support those people. So I think the first area that we talked about that I think definitely needs to be looked at is just training and templates for the team. You're going to have more digital efforts running. And instead of that just falling all on the marketing ops team and having other team members just kind of twiddle their thumbs, not knowing what to do, this is a good time to support you know, beefing up the skill set of their team, get them comfortable running their own digital programs like they were they would for offline events. And the best way to do that is with training and then also training them on like templates or having program templates that they can utilize and do more of a self-service approach. Yeah, and documentation. Yeah. Um, and this can be something that you run internally or you can maybe look at bringing an outside party who might be able to help you do this, but training is gonna be you know, really important to help you scale. And I think also to help the team you know, bit rally together. I think if some marketers are a bit worried about their jobs because they, these are uncharted territories for them or they maybe feel like they're missing that skill set, they might be thinking, oh, actually, I want to work on that part. I want to learn Marketo. I want to figure mm -hmm. out how to be more self-sufficient and they're going to be more eager to do that training than say maybe a few months ago when they were so, you know, solely focused on running their offline events or 
um, doing other, you know, programs that engage people face to face. So I, yeah, think, I think it's probably, you're probably talking a lot about specifically around event marketers yeah. who now they're having to shift a lot of, you know, they basically their whole year plan has just been mm -hmm. just completely taken away from them. And now they're trying to figure out ways to provide value, ways to you know, generate the, the leads, the MQLs, the revenue targets that they've had and ways to, ways to meet all of those. Yeah. And they're going to have to be reliant on, you know, a different set of activities and programs than maybe they're used to. So making sure that you have doc clear documentation, training materials, regular meetings with them on training. So they know how to use all of these, you know, tools that maybe they're not as familiar with because they've been you know, living in the offline realm for so long. Totally. Um, and I think also supporting them through that process of learning. Um, so, you know, sharing best practices, because there's really a difference also between training them on just the tools and then also how your company uses them. So making sure that some of that training and learning is tailored and documentation, like you said, is there. Video documentation works really well. There's a lot of cheap and easy tools that you can use for screen capture. And, and actually, I saw one of them, Loom. I think they're giving away their product for free for a while, or they're taking off limitations. It's a very good tool to, yeah, you know, capture you and your screen, and it produces a link that you can then link to from all of like your other documents and everything. It's found it really useful for training. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then you know you're going to be likely leading these trainings digitally, um, so you're going to have them on Zoom. So you can you know even maybe break those out and record them and use that recording and slice them up and then um, post those so they can go back to them. Mm -hmm. um, and then even maybe we're going through this time, um, you know, having like an office hours or something. So as people start to learn making yourself more readily available to answer questions. So that could even say, I'm going to be on my zoom, you know, room on Fridays from nine to 11. And if anyone has a question, just join this. I've actually done this before in the past when I worked in house and it worked really well because I always had work to do. So I would just log on, start working. If people happen to join, then I'll answer their questions. Um, and it just was, good to also have a time that I can point their questions to. So instead of being inundated with a bunch of questions each day, we could tackle them all at one time. What do you think about as well? Um, if they are finding that some of the, some team members have less, they've just, you know, the whole priority list has just been set on fire and now they're trying to find other things to do. And obviously they're working hard to produce other programs and maybe they have more time. And maybe also you're a marketing ops person, a team of one, and you've been trying to hire another person, but your hiring stopped because you can't meet anyone in person and mm -hmm. because of the uncertainty. Could you start leveraging people who aren't really in mops and training them on how better, like on kind of different mops practices that might end up helping them maybe when you do switch back to it, when you do start to introduce offline stuff again, like, mm -hmm. you know, the type of, how they can improve the data that they use, you mm -hmm. know, how do they can, you know, make sure that they have the right segmentations that they're going to need in the future when they are going to do maybe regional events and things like that. 
Yeah, no, I think that's a good idea. And that could also even be kind of going in the template realm, like adding some of those things like their list building as like templates and then teaching them how to use them. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to campaigns in general, like they can, you know, help create the list, help do the emails, basically do a lot of it. And then your team just has to like QA and review it. Um, so this is setting you up to just save time for marketing ops in general and just overall best practice. So. Yeah. And then I think with that, um, you know, when, when hopefully everything does settle down and um, offline events become something that you can do again, you've, you've, they're trained, they now can, mm -hmm. you know, there's going to be a rush to do those things again at some point, I'm sure. So they'll be able to move very quickly because they've got all the tools to do that because you spent the time to train them on that now. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that was the first one. Yeah, that was first thing. <laughs> um, so another one that we've talked about, I think, in yeah, other stuff that we've done is around um, the campaign execution process. So I think now more than ever, there's going to be you, that process has to be completely nailed down. Yeah. Um, because because of there's going to be a, a, not a lot of that. I mean, there's there's issues with campaign execution generally when you have a lot of you know, people working across a lots of different channels. But now you're going to have a lot of people crowding One a channel. few channels <laughs> like email, yeah. online ads, you know, anything digital. So mainly email, a lot of email. So there, and I mean, there's always a lot of email, but now maybe even more so. So there's going to be, need to be, um, for one, a better. If you don't have a, a process to have a calendar system or a way to be able to see, you know, what segments are being used at what time for what send, so there's not too much overlap. Because mm -hmm. I think people are already, you know, the wider public, and all of us probably are already feeling that we're getting a lot of email right now because mm -hmm. a lot of companies are putting out emails to kind of tackle this head on but then there were a lot of emails about moving to virtual events and there's going to be all of the invites to virtual events so you've got to be very careful about your database you don't want to inundate people too much and i think a good campaign execution process can help you um, a lot there because you're aligning the teams you're making sure that your database isn't being um, mistreated because you have your calendar and people can slot time into that calendar or slot their sends into that calendar as part of your campaign execution process. Then also because there's a lot of, you know, we talk a lot in camp uh, marketing operations around not wanting to make everything a fire drill. Yeah. Uh, this is actually one of those times where it's, it is a kind of a fire drill, mm -hmm. you know, like a lot of the times, oh, we have to get this email out about this ebook. And um, there's a lot of stress put on marketing operations and everyone's like, ah, you know, this, why is everyone taking this so seriously? But this is actually kind of first time I can remember in my career, really, where mm -hmm. everyone has a real reason to actually really take this seriously and try and get things out quickly. So, so we want to be able to support that. Um, but at the same time, we don't want issues to start um, coming up in our sense. Mm -hmm. So having a good QA process as part of your campaign execution processes is going to be critical as well yeah and i think um so besides like the calendaring and having a qa process good process in general but also meeting frequently as a team but also including like other teams that 
are also leveraging some of the similar channels like email. So being, you know, if there's a sales development manager that needs to be included or somewhere, someone on the customer success side, because these are all, you know, different touch points that are leveraging email or, you know, are reaching out to our prospects. And so being able to understand exactly the timeline or the journey, otherwise you're just going to be just, you know, like you said, inundating your customers and prospects with messages um, because everyone has this fire drill mentality right now and is doubling down on the same channels. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think that the next one that you wanted to talk about was data. Right? Yeah, so as important as it is, you know, for making sure you're not inundating your prospects, another thing is how do you prepare your database to support getting these um, messages out the door and and email being a big one of them, or if you're trying to, you know, send direct mail, there are implications to need to think about too right now. Um, so getting your data in order just feels extra important right now. Um, so removing old data, people are, are like hard bounces from your database so that you're not continuing to, you know, email those people and hurt your deliverability is super important. This is the time data do- one, we've all probably got a you know coronavirus email from a company that we weren't expecting to get one <laughs> from and uh and it's a little bit confusing and I don't particularly care but I've definitely seen some people get a bit upset about that talking about it on LinkedIn talking about it in other slack groups that we're in um I mean everyone I think I personally think everyone's just trying to do their best so you've got to give people a little bit of slack right now but there's definitely gonna you don't want to accidentally email someone because they filled out a white paper you know three years ago yeah about this and just add to their anxiety mm-hmm. yeah for sure um yeah so even a- addressing the and seeing like who hasn't been active with you and you don't need to email them right now um and those could be potential people that you just remove from your database especially if they're not in pipeline with you um or they're not your customers mm-hmm. um So old data is a big one. Um, And email verification is a good thing to focus on on top of that, like I said, with the deliverability. But um, just running your prospects and customers through email verification so you're not um, emailing those people who are no longer a company or anything like that, I think is super important. Yeah, Um, both of those things come, they help your sender reputation yeah. and if you're the only way that you can really communicate with people right now is, is through email you're not meeting them at events and things like that you've got to be very careful about your email deliverability mm-hmm. you don't want to be you know, marked as spam you don't want to be added to any blacklist and then now you you're effectively st- stuck you can't communicate with anyone at that yeah point. yeah um and also being cognizant on that email verification side or the spam side, like if your sales team is also feeling the stress and they're just dumping data into your database, that's something you want to maybe address head on and, you know, filter that out marketing communication, but also have a conversation with sales and say like, Hey, this is not the way to do it. 
um, maybe even putting limitations on how many people can enter a sequence or cadence mm -hmm. within their emailing tool or how many people they can add directly to the system um, because that's all going to have implications on your sender score as well. Yeah. Um, and then just enrichment in general is a good time to enrich your database because everyone's going to be figuring out how do I segment our database? You know, maybe you're doing a virtual event and you want to split up people by time zone. How do you do that effectively without knowing where that person is? And as much um, person level data as, you know, as well as company data will help you do that better. Um, so enrichment is a big thing or by title because you want to target personas because you want to do maybe more like brown bag, um, you know, Zoom kind of group meetings or something for your customers or prospects. Mm -hmm. um, we're all trying to figure out how we have a digital approach, but do something that's as engaging and personalized as an offline event. And so making sure your segmentation helps support that, I think is super key more than ever right now. Yeah, I think personalization is going to be so critical right now, part based on what I was saying earlier as well, where there's going to be everyone's rushing to the same channels right now. Mm -hmm. So uh, kind of internally with your business. And if you have, you know, fill marketing, demand gen, customer marketing, you know, all of your different marketing groups, all trying to communicate through the same mediums at the same time um, with the same people. And then the segmentation isn't, you're not, you know, personalizing it down. So you have, you know, smaller groups of people not getting just every every single email yeah that's going to be more impactful than just like having you know you're not being able to personalize it's having big email lists across all of these different things that everyone's just getting picked up by everything yeah and they're getting a very disjointed message you know totally. um and the only way you can really support those segmentations is through um you know, having better data so you can personalize and really shrink down those sends to make sure the right message is getting to the right person at the right time yeah yeah so that that data is really key, enrichment's key. Just having those segmentations even built out that you can readily get to by persona or by you know region or time zone is gonna be super key. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing, this might be also figuring out how you um, obtain different data. So for people who are like, I don't wanna pause direct mail as a channel, but people are working from home. They're not at their offices right now. So how do you maybe even get their home address? And with it, their permission. Obviously. With their permission, yeah. So that's what I mean. So there might be cases where maybe you, you know, you put in a, a, you rely heavily on your sales team to reach out and say like, hey, I was, you know, I'm let them even know you want to send them, you know, X, Y, Z. Do you mind if I have your home address? Um, and be clear that this just to send that direct mail um, and you, you care about, you know, their personal data. Because um, I think that there's some hesitancy with being able to share your home address with them. And I, I say if you're going to do this, start with maybe people like your customers or your current opportunities um, and rely on direct mail as more of a, a touch point that can support your um, recurring revenue um, or, you know, to close revenue. Um, for net new prospects, it's, it's you know, it's going to be hard to ask them for their home address right now. And um, so yeah. the people that you're already in contact with, I think are the easy ones to still, uh, nail down with direct mail. Yeah. And I think people always remember, um, the pe people's memories aren't that good, but where they, when they are good is during times like this, you remember mm -hmm. which companies deal with it well and which companies deal with it poorly. 
Mm -hmm. For an example, watching very closely, like which airlines are like refunding people, helping them change, and which ones aren't. And yeah. then the ones that are helping, being helpful, they're going to gain a lot of um, loyalty. Mm. And the ones that aren't are probably, you know, they're going to suffer long term from this. Yeah. And I think the same thing applies in B2B. The companies that um, are genuinely just trying to help everyone. Um, not trying to you know capitalize off this and be very meaningful and considerate with their communication they're hopefully going to get some you know fans and loyalty from this rightly so because they dealt with it well and the companies that you know maybe deal with it a little worse then they're gonna probably end up suffering and I think for marketing operations we can help you can help the company deal with it well because you know you can get your data in order, you can have your processes in order, so everyone is able to communicate in a in a in a positive and a, and a productive way, as opposed to having issues with data, emailing people that you shouldn't, you know, and a lot of you know rush and mistakes happening during this time, and a lot of that does fall on marketing operations to help you know smooth that process mm -hmm. out, so everyone can just focus on. The message and what they're trying to um, get across as opposed to you know issues with data and issues with process yeah and I, I think for some marketing ops folks who are thinking oh my gosh this is so much I need to do remember again there's team members who maybe have less to do right now so how do you get them as part of that process maybe you say hey XYZ field marketer can you help me research some email verification tools or you know, can you help me figure out what enrichment tool we should invest in and mm -hmm. they can go and do that research or, you know, can you make a list of all the different personas and titles that we go after and help build that? And that just is, you know, outsourcing some of those um, pieces to make your job and make putting this process in easier. So remember that you do, you can offload some of those parts. Yeah. Um, they don't need to know how to use um, or your market automation tool to do those things. Yeah, kind of everything. Everything's kind of just, you know, the rule book is changing yeah. right now. Yeah, right? everyone needs to rally. <laughs> yeah, everyone. You everyone can work. You know, cross functionally, get help out each other, and um, yeah, that I think it's. I think helping retool some people that probably right now are feeling very nervous about mm -hmm. their their line of work, like if they're in events and. Um, or even you know some salespeople, SDRs, and everyone, um, getting them help, getting them to just help, you know, because yeah. a lot of this is falling on operations to deal with. Yeah. Um, and then you probably you do need an extra pair of hands every once in a while. So. Yeah. So I think also, you know, some marketing teams are probably feeling the, you know, urgency that hey, we need to really make sure that we generate pipelines still, we still hit our numbers. Mm -hmm. And one thing that's super important, if you need to make the process of anyone who's reaching out to sales seamless, because these are people that want to talk to you. So you need to capitalize on that. You need to make sure that any interest is being followed up with. Yeah. So the order of operations from a lead that like comes to your you know, your website, whether it's like what you call them, like an act now, hand raiser, whoever, if they're saying they want to be contacted, how do you make that process seamless and better? And um, how do you make sure there's no, you know, lag or, lag or yeah. bugs in between that? 
Um, yeah, you can't have a leaky funnel right now. No, like especially people, a lot to. of people are distracted. They've got their kids at home. Probably going to be less lead volume, less of everything. So everything that is coming through right now needs to be treated very well, quickly, efficiently. And you don't want marketing operations to be the issue of why someone wasn't followed up with. Yeah, totally. So some of the things for that is, um, you know, if you have some type of alerting system for when someone does go through, maybe that even means like putting in an integration with Slack and having those alerts go into a Slack channel. So if someone happens to be, you know, out that day or mm -hmm. um, someone can't answer, you might have to do more of a round robin approach, just knowing that other people might have different schedules right now yep. or our schedules aren't as fluid right now and so we all need to make sure that things aren't going untouched um another thing can be how do you just you know make that process faster do you put a chat bot instead do you put them in directly contact with um you know a person mm -hmm. or um you know someone or do you even send them directly to some calendaring if they um if they are interested in setting up time so yep make that process just really super quick and seamless so that you're not dropping the ball on any, you know, easy potential pipeline um, yeah. or like customers. 100%. And then that's for people, hand raises. There's also people that are, you know, the people that are out there still consuming content and, and are interested. Um, and your whole you know, lead scoring MQL model probably needs to be revisited because a lot of people, you know, you, you score highly events. Mm -hmm. so if you're reliant on a lead having to go to an in-person event to mql in a lot of cases because online is maybe um you know, scored less then the lead volume to sales is going to go down and, mm -hmm. and mql uh, models and you know lead volume to sales there's a lot of art and science there but all the time it's just trying to match the the volume that sales needs um, with the volume that's coming in. So if, the, if it drops down, you might need to readjust your scoring model to be able to get your sales, you know, focused on some of those leads. Obviously, yes, of course, they're probably going to maybe do a little bit more outbound right now. Um, but you need to, you know, reevaluate that whole lead to sales process mm -hmm. with your MQL model, the type of channels that you're, your you're looking at, your nurtures and everything mm -hmm. to make sure that sales has the best shot mm -hmm. at, at hitting their number because I think as a salesperson, you're probably quite nervous right now. People are incredibly distracted. People might not want to be, want to spend money. So um, we need to make sure that, like you said, from a hand raiser point of view, people who are actually interested, maybe ready to make a purchasing decision, they're like, they've got it. They, they, we just can't have a leaky funnel there. And at the same time, your normal you know, content-based funnel where people are you know, coming through, getting nurtured, et cetera, all of that, we need to make some adjustments there as well to support, you know, whatever is going on in your unique business right now. Yeah, for sure. And I think knowing that things like your nurture um, are going to be places where people are understanding your brand, where maybe before they were just you know, they were understanding your brand through an event. They were, you know, meeting with the salesperson there, talking to them, getting information. Now you're going to have to educate them, you know, more through your website, your nurture. And so making sure that, you know, mm -hmm. how you're doing that um, or that you're doing that effectively, basically. So. 
Yeah, and then uh, we've got a couple more, and then we'll we'll be wrapping this up. But um, I think the making sure a lot of this stuff is obviously in ops. We're dealing with technology, mm-hmm. so you there might be um, tools in your tools in your missing tools in your stack to help you support with this. You know, yeah. like maybe data enrichment. We've talked about. We've talked about chatbots mm-hmm. um, we've talked about you know, cleaning up your data so maybe duplicate duplicate um, we've talked about email verification yeah. uh, what else we talked about I mean uh, calendar tools calendar yeah. you know, project management tool virtual then uh, you know loom video not to be consumed with with uh, zoom like a tool to be able to record quick videos and, and give people links to be able to train people mm-hmm. there's a lot of tools to help right mm-hmm. obviously there's a lot of tools out there you know, and it, we're not just saying just go and spend a load of money on tools, no. but um, this shift to the digital world, this shift to remote working, this, this shift with, um, you know, making you needing to have um, your data in order to be able to support all of this. There might be some holes in your stack that you need to start getting educated on how you can fill them to make sure that you, you, you're not just maybe spending a lot of manpower dealing with this stuff. Instead, you're, you've got a tool that can you know, help you scale and deal with it for you. Yeah, so I think part of that would be like kind of auditing and figuring out which tools are maybe missing, then prioritizing them, then figuring out, hey, what budget do we have to support this? <clears throat> what manpower do we have to? And then are, are we even maybe able to take some dollars and reinvest them? So the events team, if they're not doing offline events, can you take some of that budget and then reinvest that mm-hmm. into something that supports more virtual events or, you know, webinar type things? Um, from a field marketing perspective, they're really going to be interested in, you know, data. Um, so can you leverage some of their budget and put that more into, into data? Um, so don't just rely solely on what you have already chartered for like technology, you might be able to reinvest that. And, but priority is key, right? You don't need to go and buy all these tools right now, figure out what your strategy is, what are the missing pieces, and then how you can invest in them. Mm-hmm. And the last one, reporting. So we are firm believers that marketing operations has a huge responsibility to take leadership on reporting, yeah. take the initiative on reporting. You know, we're the people that are in the weeds, we understand the data, we have the keys to all the tools that present the data. So making sure that we're not just waiting for people to ask for reports, we're being proactive. So yeah. um, there's the easy ones to think of right now where, that, where you could be providing value. Now everyone's shifting to the digital where should we put all this money from events? Okay, let's find a report, whether you've got an attribution tool or not, that's gonna help us make that decision. You know, yeah. what, be- what are the best channels that we've had over the last six to 12 months that have been all digital on- online that could help us with that decision-making? Um, and then the, 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 mod- the funnel metrics showing how maybe this is impacting the funnel. Yeah. Um, and I think there's also something to be said for trying to find positive, positive news, mm-hmm. right? Like there's a lot of, um, it's very, it's a very challenging time for a lot of people. There's a lot of uncertainty and it's, 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 it's very difficult to deal with. And, um, but trying to find some wins, like I, I spoke to a client this morning who they shifted to, um, their, their bigger event to on an online event. 
and they ended up getting a lot more registrations because there were people that wouldn't have been able to go in person. Yeah. You got a lot of good feedback. So being able to, you know, maybe just occasionally share some, a good report, right? Something yeah. that's, that's trending better or something that actually, or some good um, uh, feedback from someone that something that was going well, just to show, you know, okay, we are moving forward. We are trying our best. And um, there are, there are positives within this very uncertain environment still. Yeah. And look, it, it's not doom and gloom for some people. We're even saying like, maybe you need to reinvest in technology. That's only, only further proving that people are going to figure out maybe more technology to get. So in some cases, if you're part of that group and you have technology to support this time, then you know, you're doing good, but you're still going to have to change the way that you market. And so just what, what we're trying to say is, you know, be the leading person on the team to say, okay, digitally, these are the channels that have worked for us in the past. Maybe we need to take some of those dollars and reinvest in them mm -hmm. and just leave that conversation because you'd be surprised, like some of your program managers might not know. Um, and then this is just a good, you know, like you said, you know, providing also where you see changes in the funnel or pipeline and being really like laser focused with the team on that. These are all things that should be happening even when you think times are good, right? But sometimes they go to the wayside. You're not really looking backward. You're not really looking at your pipeline as, and coming through it as, you know, um, aggressively as you have maybe in the past. But if you get into this exercise of doing it, then even if this does pass, like you picked up that, that skill of doing it and that's just going to make your marketing more effective in the long run. So the, a lot of these things aren't just like a short term, you know, band-aid for everything. These are things that I think are really going to help the whole marketing team in general. And so your time that you're putting into this is not wasted at oh, all. Oh, for sure. These are all things that's just kind of, you know, just that you should have been doing already, but there's just... And you probably were. And probably were, yeah. Yeah, it's just different circumstances and different priorities. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I hope this was super helpful. Uh, I, you know, I, I think we, we think that, you know, a lot of you are maybe feeling a little bit of the pressure right now, and so we want to boil it down into mm -hmm. some things that you could do as a but, team. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Karen. <laughs> well, um, I was just going to say, because marketing relations, I feel like um, we're, we are uniquely positioned to really help the rest of the marketing, yeah. our marketing peers right now. Um, and this could be, the, the way that people act during these, like kind of like we talked about with companies, the same thing happens with employees. Like the people that, you know, rise up, try and lift their team up, try and support their team, try and find the positive, try to help everyone, you know, move forward and, and um, you know, keep things running. You know, people remember that. And I think marketing operations, we are a support unit for the, all of the other teams. So we're uniquely positioned to just do that for everyone. Yeah. And I think the marketing operations people that really step up and take on this challenge on how we're going to shift to digital, how we're going to deal with you know everyone crowding a lot of channels how how are we going to get the reports to be able to help people make decisions during these very you know quick and uncertain times and how are we going to get the right tools in place and and really support the team everyone's going to remember that and your 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 stock in the company is going to go up and you're just going to help people and i think
you know, marketing operations, we kind of, we're kind of preppers. We've been prepping for things, like we prepare for, for things to go crazy, right? Like we, we're trying to make sure data is right. We're trying to make sure we've got the reports and everything so people can make quick decisions and things can change quickly and the, the systems and the processes they're able to handle it. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, a lot of us, we're ready for this and we're ready to make all of these changes and support the wider team. And I think, uh, you know, it's going to be very helpful for the wider team if a lot of marketing operations professionals stand up and, you know, get all this done. For sure. Yeah. So let's do it. And hopefully we get through this very uncertain time um, and things go back to normal. But, yeah, you know, so, yeah, good luck, everyone.